6.34, Alex Simon Hill here with you on the Tuesday morning show. We are joined on the line this morning now by Ben Cannon. Ben is an advocate from Voice for Victims. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, you would have seen Ben. He was all over the news last week because of that march. Now, the march is Voice for Victims. Ben, firstly, thank you for spearheading this and obviously jumping on this morning to, to chat us through. We all saw that march, the huge turnout. I'm sure some of our listeners were there too. How did all this come about? Like, How did this start? Uh, in 2021, I was involved in a violent home invasion with my neighbours. Um, the Kefu family, they were the victim of a home invasion that went terribly wrong. A um, number of people were stabbed. Um, lots of blood and mayhem and, and harm was caused and, and lives were almost lost. So I, I sort of got stuck in the middle of that and since then have been on a, <clears throat> a bit of a journey where unfortunately you discover pretty quickly as a victim there's very little or no sort of framework or support for you inside of our state government system. So uh, it's taken a bit of time to heal. It's taken a bit of time to, to sort of work out the right direction. And, and last week was the result of me and a number of other people in our group putting together a rally to give people a chance to be heard. I think it must be so difficult to get through that, but I, I see it so often with people who've been through trauma that they do find within them something that pushes them to get out there and make a difference and doing that gives so many people you know the, the freedom the opportunity to talk about what has happened to them because going through what you went through and seeing you know that so many stories like that like that story obviously w- was was traumatic to even think about and kate ledbetter and matthew field and so many others we all know someone or we have seen on the news something that really hits you hard seeing all those people together uh, the, the sense that I got is that there is so much passion behind this. What are you fighting for? What are you pushing for now? We believe that <clears throat> most victims don't want to, um, well, certainly don't want to be victims, but we also, like one of the things that was most confronting for me was just how young these people are. So for us, there's this, 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 this sort of double-edged sword where we want victims to be heard, we want them safe, we want the community looked after, but we also are looking for better solutions so that there's less victims. You know, these young traumatised kids that are causing um, this unimaginable hurt to the community, you know, they, they are a product of, of poor choices by the adults that unfortunately or fortunately are in their lives. So... You know, we, we want a roundtable meeting. We want a voice. We want to uh, have a seat at the table. We want this issue to be really thrashed out with all the right stakeholders, from Indigenous leaders, from um, retired judges, from, you know, government officials, from frontline services, you know, a range of community and uh, groups to really get to the bottom of, you know, how do we prevent this happening over the next decade and how do we stop the ones that are a product, maybe, a, you know, a poor decade or so that we've had broken social services. Absolutely. So, yeah, it is. It is. There's twofold, isn't it? It's pre- prevention, and then also the other side of it. When these kids are do- carrying out these awful, awful acts and terrifying people in their own homes, what happens to them at that end? But also, what happens at the beginning, the early intervention? So, having the voice, having the victims commissioner, is that, and that that's the, that's the main goal. Having someone who is t- speaking for victims. Um, it's funny, the, the, the Victims Commissioner or Victims Minister, I asked for that two years ago. Yeah. 
um, I had a meeting with a couple of ministers and I, a round table and I, I mentioned, I said, you know, why is there a minister for youth justice but there's no minister for victim? And it just highlighted that there was, there's, there's been no emphasis on the second part of the puzzle, which is the victim. So we think it's a, it's a, it's a solid step forward. What we worry is that if this is tied up and buried in, in what's proven to be a, you know, a broken and dysfunctional government and system, then we're no further forward. We want this community to, to initially come to a point where we can have uh, the discussion that's needed so that we can find solutions for prevention, um, for healing and cure of some of these young people, and also to make sure that when victims are created that they have immediate and, and more... Um, I guess as as per need assistance, as opposed to at the moment, it's like a one eight hundred number that you've got to ring, and you know if, if you're willing to wait the forty minutes on the line, you, you might get some help. Mm, so what? Yeah, what does happen now? So you've been a victim of, yeah. you know, I, I know myself. I know everyone who knows someone has has been broken into. Or I, I know I've had young kids in my house. Luckily, nothing bad has happened to me. But if something like that happens, what what do you do at the minute? The, the thing that I've learned is there's a lot of good in our communities, but the, the, the way the community steps up mm. to help those around them is, you know, is probably the greatest thing that will come out of this crime scourge. You know, the communities are standing up and the communities are helping their own. But as a victim, a lot of it, a lot of it, unfortunately, is handled by the frontline services, you know, whether it be the police, the ambulance, the fireys, like they're kind of the ones that seem to be able, they, they seem to be the ones that try and steer you in the right direction. Government support comes through, in fairness, a lot of effort for by the victim. So they've got, they've got to ring or engage with one of these services to find out if they're um, suitable to get help. And, you know, and many times they've got to beg for help and they've got to beg for support. I mean, I said to the ministers last week when we sat down, I said, you know, we would have been better off hopping in our cars and, and driving them through the house to, to capture these mm. young offenders because then our insurance companies probably would have taken over and processed the claim. But as victims that are, you know, fighting, you know, young thugs with knives and weapons in, in our lounge rooms or in our front yards or over Queensland, the responsibility to take care afterwards is really left with a broken and lost human that's kind of not sure how to process what's just happened. So that needs to change. And we think having a liaison or some sort of service in place that, that takes the responsibility of kind of seeing the needs of the victim is a, is a good step. Absolutely. So what happens, uh, I guess, on the other end of that, when these kids are caught, and these kids obviously have carried out the, the most the most heinous acts, when these kids are caught, what needs to change at that point? Because I, I, I'm sure the, the, the sentences when they're 13 and 14 and what happens is fairly lenient at the moment. <clears throat> I think what needs to change is for a decade we've needed better and more facilities to manage these broken youth, and we just simply haven't got them. Um, you know, our frustration came where we watched WellCamp happen before our eyes and it happened over a matter of months. Millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions were spent in a hurry because apparently we needed this detention centre. But when there's a need for youth justice to have places to... And we, we think there's a healing process for the youth that are, that are caught in this cycle, not mm -hmm. a detention. Um why these facilities can't be all over the state and can't allow, I guess, the right people to 
uh, process and, and understand and sort of work out the best sort of plan forward for some of these people. That's the reality of it is that society needs these young people to have better options. Yeah. And they need better options too because sending them back into the environment that traumatised them is, in my view, as big a crime as potentially what they've committed. Um, you know, these when when they are released on bail, what in essence it is, it's just a um, it's just rinse repeat. It's the same cycle. It is, and it must be so frustrating. Well, it is. You know, looking from the outside, so frustrating for 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 me watching people who've been through that trauma to see how angry it makes them to watch that happening it's, over it's, and it's, over and over again. Anger is one thing. It's kind of when you're traumatised, emotions generally go to sadness or anger. And, and, and when you, you hear, you know, a repeat offender has committed X, as a, as a victim, I know that many people that have been in that space, they feel the crime again. Mm. And so that's, that's the sort of piece, you know, that, that is really frustrating. Media at the moment, there's no shortage of content when it comes to youth crime. Mm. Um, but our government just seems to not sense or feel the same appetite. Now, last Wednesday... I think we showed them that what we've been asking them, certainly I've been asking for for two years, is an understanding of the pain that's in the community. I think they've finally stepped up and listened. That and and that is that. That's the point. I think that the point is that you guys all stood together, and we are all stronger when we come together. Now, what is the way forward? Now, is there going to be another rally? Have you got a meeting set for when Ms. Palaszczuk comes back from holiday? Is there something in the works for what yeah. is next? We gave the ministers there and, and other government officials a 10-business-day timeline. What we're asking for is an independent committee that is formed that will have those stakeholders at the table I mentioned earlier, victims, um, you know, retired Supreme Court judges that understand that part of the system, frontline services, uh, Indigenous and community leaders that understand some of their in- individual um, problems throughout the state, and community groups, you know, and a, and a range of bureaucratic divisions that, that need to be at the table for us to really unpack all the problems that we have mm-hmm. and to have a really transparent discussion that identifies where the holes are. You know, the the, ju- the government are blaming the judges, you know, the, the, the people are blaming the police and, you know, I think there's a whole range of things that will create solutions if we have that transparent discussion around a table. Absolutely. Well, I really hope that happens. And in the meantime, I know that people have spent, like you, the last couple of years not knowing where to put their energy and there's a lot of yeah. you know Facebook chatter back and forth. But what can people do now? I know that you have a Facebook group that I'm, I'm we, sure yeah, we've has... we've got a Facebook page, um, um, Voice for Victims. Um, the public page. What, we, what we've created that page for is to keep up people up to date we understand two things. This is a huge personal issue for many, many people. Mm-hmm. So we aren't pretending to be the solution for each problem. What we are looking to do is be the public, if you like, the pointy end of, of a really big spear that, that we want to drive into the, the, the system and say, well, when, you know, so our point is this. We, we ask people to be considerate on the page. Um, we want them to stay on the page because when we have events and we have got more coming, we've given the government 10 days, we're going to respect that timeline, but we have we have made it very clear to them that we will continue to rally, we will continue to push, even if it gets to a Royal Commission, mm-hmm. that we will find a way to get this problem resolved because it's too personal and it's too big an issue to just sit back and hope that they're going to fix it. 
people, if they can get on the page and certainly engage with that, we will keep them up to date with events. We will keep them up to date with um, things that are happening around the state. Um, we've just got to be careful because there are so many points and personal experiences that that page doesn't become a downloading um, place for, for, for all of those things. We understand there's lots of them, mm. but we really want to keep that page as a way we can just make sure we keep the state communicated with what we're doing collectively um, because we, I can guarantee the people, we are, we are committed to seeing this through. Um, this is not a one-trick pony. We understand it's a marathon, but they picked the wrong people when they um, picked on us and, and let people repeat, offend and cause more crimes in our community because we will not let this slide down. Absolutely, and I'm sure that all of our listeners are behind you and thank you for, for, for taking this on. And if you have heard what Ben said and you want to join and make sure that things change for the better for the victims, for the perpetrators, for all the, all the people involved and all the people ac across our whole state that, that, that want nothing more than for, for things to change, do have a look at that Facebook page, it's Voice for Victims and Ben we will keep in touch and best of luck with everything Thanks Alex, appreciate Thanks. your time Thanks for joining us, bye Taking you back Back to the 60s One, oh, one, FM.